live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Lloyd's and Lincoln with former Syracuse Orange and Long Beach State basketball star Ramel Lloyd Sr. and current Nebraska basketball athlete Ramel Lloyd Jr. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Ramel Sr. and Ramel Jr. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weekends. I am Harrison Arns pushing the ones and twos. We got Ramel Lloyd Sr. here, the host as always. No Ramel Lloyd Jr. He's got some basketball shoot around going on right now. Uh, hopefully we can get him in later, but if not, obviously his priorities are obvious and what he needs to be working on. So nonetheless, good to have Ramel Lloyd Sr. in here as always. And we bring in a special guest, Jason Hart, head coach of the G League Ignite, uh, brought to you by VIP Line. Uh, brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where you understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. So again, shout out to Aloe uh, for all the great work they do here in Lincoln. But we bring in Jason Hart. Jason, how's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? Not too bad. We got uh, Ramel Lloyd Sr. in the building. I know you guys go way back, so I'm not sure where you guys want to pick it up, but uh, I'll throw it to you, Ramel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, happy to be here. Happy Sunday, as always. Um, checking in today with a really, really special guest. Uh, that we bring into the listeners here in Lincoln, uh, personal friend, brother of mine, uh, and he's doing huge, huge things in the, in the basketball community. Uh, we can start off with his career first. Of course, uh, Syracuse University legend, move on to the NBA, have a great career there. Uh, and I think it's big, one of the biggest feats now is just as much the knowledge and youth that he's – the knowledge that he's giving back to our youth now and coaching – over at the G League Ignite, uh, which is a huge, huge uh, responsibility in the overall game. So as a brother, I'm super, super proud of this man, and I'm excited to have him on the show. Uh, so no further ado, it's Jason Hart. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Rock? <laughs> we go back to 1995, man. Yes, Lloyd was the best player at ABCD camp. Let it in scorn. Let it yes, be known. <laughs> Players at the camp was Tim Thomas. Kobe Bryant, Shaheen Holloway, yes, Jamal McGlure, Kenya Martin. So that's how yeah. I met Rock. I said, who's this dude? He was, <laughs> was beached in that camp in 1995, July. Yeah, Keenex, yeah. New Jersey. Yes, sir. Let that be known first. Yeah, I appreciate that. Those were those are definitely some good times. I mean, just so excited yeah. to be just part of that class, which was so, so special. Um we, we, we don't we can't even name everybody because we'd be missing so many people, but shout out to ninety six class. Oh, my bad. We forgot Jermaine O'Neal. He was yeah, there, too. Jermaine, yeah. There's a couple more. I don't That's a loaded know. class. Lamar Odom. Yeah. Oh, you had Lamar, Odom in there, Lamar. too? Well, Lamar wasn't in our class, but he was in the camp. But he was okay. at the camp. Yeah, okay. he was a year younger than us. Shoot, on my team in camp, we had Khalid el and Rich Hamilton. We were on the same team. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah it, it was a special special uh, camp during that time. Shout out to Sonny Vaccaro, who uh, ran that camp. Uh, Dita's uh, – uh, what was it? Um, Adidas camp back then. Adidas was running everything in the high school, high school basketball. But um, let's fast forward here to the future a little bit on, on the show, Jay. We've been talking a lot about uh, international basketball versus you know our young guys here coming up, and you know of course with all of the all of the uh, guys in the NBA that's top players in our league are, are like European or from other places. 
So the question that we had over here was, what's the difference? You know, you're, you're like right hands on with this. So what's the difference between those young guys and our young guys in the development? And who's better at this point? Well, right now, I mean, that's, that's a good question. It's honest. I mean, right now, the European players in the NBA, the elite ones, they are better. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at Joel Embiid, Giannis, Luka, just those top three alone, man, we, we got to play catch up. And I think the the main thing is their basketball training and tutelage start. I want to say it starts younger, but their school system is different from ours. Our kids, we grow up going to school eight, nine hours a day. They grow up and probably finish middle school, then become pros quicker. Yeah. So when you become a pro quicker, you get to work on your craft uh, for a longer period of time earlier. And yeah. so I think that's why they have an advantage on us. Um, Tony Parker, one of my teammates, former teammates, he started playing pro at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So while me and you was in class, yeah. Rock, he was developing <laughs> his game. Yeah, yeah. So by the time they get to the pros, they already in play pro basketball. So I think they got a more of an advantage because they don't have a college system like we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That was kind of what we was talking about a little bit. And, uh, I remember when uh, Tony had came out, I think that was my year coming out. We got workout down in uh, Charlotte. Tony Parker was there. That was my first time meeting him. He just looked like a little kid and had no clue what he was going to turn out to be um, from that workout. But, uh, yeah, shout-out Tony Parker. But, yeah, we, we talked a lot about that here on the show. Uh, but what's the difference between, like, I mean, is there still, you know, when we were coming up, we thought European guys were what we would call kind of soft, uh, non-athletic, uh, things of that nature. Uh, is that changing as well? Or are there, you know – is that just a stereotype, or is that something that you see changing with them becoming better players? Well, when me and you was coming up, you're right. The, the term soft did go at European players because mm-hmm. they played a different style and brand. Yeah. But now if you look at FIBA basketball, it's more physical than the NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. So I just think that the game has grown so much rock that the skill level has caught up. I mean, we're even now far as skill. Mm-hmm. So now we got to worry about, like, the, the country of Africa you know, yeah. catching up as well. It's so we just got to stay, you know, doing diligent. We still run basketball, but, you know, Jokic, he went, he, he's the king of basketball right now. So yeah. we got, we got to get in the gym. We got to get work to do. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's weird to say. I, I, I do wonder, and uh, Hart, I, I'm curious what you think about this, because we were talking about, you know, some of these European players having the edge by kind of playing that pro style earlier, you know, getting there, whether it's 15, 16, 17, do you think the G League is kind of becoming that platform and it's going to continue to grow? Because we're seeing players like Scoot Henderson uh, and just players from the Ignite drafted alone. Do you think we're going to see more talented players continue to go to the G League as opposed to spending the time in college and that's going to develop to more pro-style, ready-to-go-to-the-NBA kind of player? Well, I, I just, it's always going to be um, college is going to always rule first mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you, you have way more options. It's over 300 schools to play basketball at. So it's always going to be king. But the G League is just options for European talents and and, and other nations, as well as top high school kids. Um, And then NBA owners use the G League for their first round picks to develop, just kind of like the baseball system. So they're going to have that. But you will see more international prospects coming to Ignite. I have three on my team this year. And they're all slated to be drafted in the top 20. Mm-hmm. 
And so they're coming from pro to pro. They don't want to go back to college or not back. They don't want to go to college and get put in that box. So they want to come play professional. And then the scouts judge them at an early age on the professional level. So they get the benefit of the doubt over our college kids. Yeah. So then when it comes to coaching, you know, those players on that team, I'd imagine that, that, you know, being the head coach of a team like that, that roster, a lot of those guys' goals to get to that next level. So what is kind of the challenge of constructing that roster and kind of delegating, you know, who's playing what minutes and getting guys ready to make that jump? Well, my boss, Sharif Abdurrahim, who's a basketball mind, um, he, he helps construct the roster. Um, Rod Strickland, uh, who, who Rock knows, he was with us before. He was mm-hmm. doing the roster as well. And so we basically recruit like a college, but we recruit and we don't put players on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It's a development. You, Ignite is a development program. So we're playing 50 physical games. So everybody's not playing a full 50. So it's not about uh, um, having to play 50 games, 30 minutes. The scouts need to see 25 to 30 games, but they need to see that you know how to play the NBA style. So although we have more prospects this year than normal, nobody's going to play 50 games. It's just too much, too much wear and tear in our body. So it may be three games you may play and then two you may sit just because your load management of your body. So I don't worry about that part. And then about divvying eight, the minutes and all that, every player that comes to Ignite wants to be a pro. So we got to get you to where Steve Kerr wants to draft you. So you got to start doing the things that they want to see you. Not what you like to do hmm. is with they and how they're going to draft you. So we got to get to that part of your game. And For the most part, I have, I've had a good time and we had some great dialogue with our players. Oh, yeah, that's that's outstanding, that, that development. Now, Jason is – Jay, you're, you're, you're turning into what they would call like a developmental uh, guru, just with you being in this position. I mean, I've known you and your coaching, uh, even when you go back to the Taft days in high school, you know, all the way into now, and your whole thing has been development. It's a it's a coach's, you know, a player's coach uh, sort of sense. Um, can you tell us just a little bit more about uh, the three young men that you had drafted this year and what their process was like first coming into the G League, maybe some of the struggles that they had, maybe some of the things that you needed to develop them and uh, to where they are now? So uh, the first prospect was Scoot Henderson. Um, He came to the program last season at 17 years old. Um, He was a young man out of Atlanta who was just like a super focused but talented guy. I think when you mix those two, you have uh, you get dynamite with what he was. Um, You know, he was rock. He was down to where he didn't even eat uh donut sugar candy soda mm. at 17 mm. so he was on some other at 17. yeah yeah when you get to the gym and he working himself out so he had another mm. another thing in his brain what he was mm-hmm. trying to be um the other prospect from canada was leonard miller uh he was a 33rd pick 610 small forward power forward um you know had to learn how to play that position he had never played the big before in high school he was a point guard so we had to convince him through relationship that this is what can get you drafted. And he bought into it. Um, I thought he went a little low at 33, but he had a really good summer league and he signed, uh, you know, a guaranteed contract. So I'm yeah, happy nice. for him. C.D. Sosco, that was my 18-year-old from France, 6'7", small forward, shooting guard. Um, he was a 44th pick um, from France, played on the U18 France team, been playing pro ball since he was 15. Um, another big wing guard. Um, he 
passes better than he shoots. But again, since he's only 18, those scouts get those guys the benefit yeah. of the doubt. And um, he played the whole season at 18. So he got drafted to the Spurs, a team that did, like that loves international players. Yeah. And then the 49th pick was uh, Mojave King from Australia. Um, he was one that was better than Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels, all those guys when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And so what happened with him, he stayed and played pro ball in Australia, got caught up on the team to where they was playing the older guys. Yeah. And so his stock dropped. He came to Ignite, um, played, did a really good job, showcased what he can do. And he didn't even start and was mm-hmm. a 49th pick. So it's not always about starting. I know everybody mm-hmm. wants to start, start, start. You just got to show these people what you can do. And so mm-hmm. this was the first year where Ignite won four for four. Four. I yeah, I said three. Excuse me. Four. That's even more impressive. Yeah, they won. We won four for four, and that was really, uh, you know, something I was proud of because everybody got a chance to have their dreams come true. Oh, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's good that you mentioned the age thing because that's kind of what I want to move into next. Now that there are so many different opportunities for young guys to come out uh, and showcase their stuff on a pro level, uh, let's compare that to college now, where the college game now is becoming older with the transfer portal and coaches, you know, getting guys that has experience to help them win games versus uh, the younger guys that may be in the long run better players and the pros. Uh, so how, how, how does that, you know, affect – uh, how does that affect the scouting and, and pros and moving forward? How do they value that? Like, if you you know what I'm saying? If the question is basically, like, you got young guys playing in college, they probably won't play as much or so because they got older guys ahead of them, but they're still talented down the line. Like, does that affect their scouting? What do you, what do you suggest for that? And by the way, Jason has a young, a young son as well. We're going to go into that too that's in college. So we all kind of going through this whole thing together. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? College is becoming older because, um, you know, the ADs don't have patience no more with coaches. So it's a trickle-down effect. Mm. So if the AD doesn't have patience with a with a coach about winning and development, then the portal becomes the mm. safe haven to not have to teach right away, right? Mm-hmm. It used to be like we would teach our young guys. They would get better from freshman to sophomore, junior, senior. So now they're expecting college coaches, to me, expecting – um 18 year olds to have the mind of a 22 year old right mm. now at all levels high yeah. major mid major and yeah. low yeah so that's that's the difference so college is becoming older right which is less attractive to nba scouts exactly that was the next question that we were going to go it's less, it's less attractive <laughs> yeah. but but for a college coach he can win he yep. probably will win because he got 25 year olds and 26 year olds playing but that's just suited for the college coach so he can yep. keep his job, which I get. It's a business. Yep. But it does nothing for the young talent. Now, mm-hmm. Rock, you still can get drafted as a senior. You just got to be really good a la Jaime Jacquez, UCLA. Absolutely. So when he went to his workouts, he just dominated, dominated, dominated. And then they went back and looked at his film and seen that it matched. So he snuck into the first round as a senior. Yeah. But it, he was only one. That's only one. <laughs> it was, That's only, it was only, only one. So, so basically, uh, are scouts able to pick out and distinguish a young player that's in college that's possibly not getting as many minutes, possibly not a major part of their team, but can can you see uh, their talent and still say, hey, this guy's a pro. We we're interested in development in our program moving forward in the NBA. Or is it, is that, or is it making it harder being at the minutes or less and the, uh, the roles or less? 
for these young guys. Well, Rock, you, this young man you know, Peyton Watson. Yes, sir. Went to UCLA with a high name, a high NBA grade. Didn't get a chance to play. Probably wasn't ready, but the NBA scouts knew that he was a talent. Mm -hmm. And so he was more like a grab and stash for Denver. They didn't send him overseas. They sent him to the G League. Mm -hmm. He developed, played summer league this summer, averaged 18, 19. So now he's part of their future. So yeah. they can see it. It's just if these one of these GMs, Calvin Booth, who was a former player, yeah. um, took him and knew the plan for him. Right. And so that still happens as well. And it was because he had a brand and a name prior to UCLA. Although he didn't play, they yeah. knew the talent. They drafted him anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a that that's an amazing story. Uh, shout out to Peyton Watson and, and his family. They're from Long Beach. Uh, I've been knowing Peyton since he was a young kid. He's played in my program, and uh, we, we'll have him. We, we're going to work on getting him on the show. Him and his dad at some point, or something uh, for our fans. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to uh, to Young Jay. Uh, you know, we our history goes so far back. I mean, Jason and I were were freshman uh, college roommates, so we actually lived together, and we we're on the same timeline. We got kids like the same age. Our, both our wives were both living with us while we were in college in Syracuse, and they're of course our current wives. So uh, we just kind of grew together. And then it's funny. I I moved to California, and Jason's in New York, uh, and then uh, we later on our kids ended up on the same high school team. Uh, Taft High School out in the Valley in California. So give us a little update about Baby J. The, the baby Baby J, because you used to be Baby yeah. J, but Baby Baby J. <laughs> well, so my, my son, um, he was a freshman this past year at Long Beach State. Um, he redshirted this year. He he had like the, these migraines and he kept getting sick. So um, he wasn't playing that much anyway, so he mm -hmm. decided to redshirt um, and learn the system to, and, and got stronger and um, just going through that process, man, and trying to figure out uh, college life without, mm -hmm. um, you know, without help. You got to it's like their own little personal journey that you rock your dad. I'm a dad. It's nothing we can do. We can't yep. go in the office. We can't, <laughs> can't only thing say we can do nothing. Is courage. <laughs> yeah. And so um, he's going through that process right now. And now he'll be a, a, a red shirt freshman this year. So hopefully he learned a lot and try to figure out the system to where he can get a actual shot of some playing time but just like any other freshman in the country mm -hmm. they go through that process and learning how to and what not to do and you know responsibilities and all that stuff so we'll see i'm looking forward to it this year too and you know we just as you know rock it's, it's a difficult challenge with with freshmen these days but mm -hmm. Just got to hang in there and keep fighting. Right, keep fighting. Yeah, well, that's that's another thing that we got in common with the boys. They both redshirted this year. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, I know on my end, we're dealing with Ramel, I know that he felt like he gained some valuable, you know, information, uh, uh, study habits, practice habits. Like you said, just growing up, becoming a young man, living on his own. Uh, you know, being on time and, you know, things of that nature. So I know that helped him out a lot. Has Jason expressed any of those things? Uh, to you. Yeah, you know he had a, he had an instance where they had the bus leaving for the game, and it was a <laughs> nine o'clock bus. And he, you know, he nine o five. You know, so, <laughs> you know that's part of it. You know right. what I mean? That's just what you got to go through. And sometimes you need that feeling in your stomach, like, oh, I messed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the only way how you learn. And so uh, he went through that a few times, and just you know a lot of it his was was the discouraging of not playing yeah. thinking you don't belong Absolutely. and that's where you got to be yeah. your own 
coach. You got to be your own motivator. You got to be your own strength. And that's what he had to deal with last year. So hopefully that helped him and prepared him for this year. Uh, and before we go to break here, one more question, uh, just for both of you guys, you know, because you guys have both have sons kind of going through this right now. You know, what do you think that biggest challenge is for freshmen coming in, you know, to D1 today, you know, is just trying to figure out where you're at on the roster? Because we talked about it, right? The rosters are getting older. Is it trying mm -hmm. to figure out where you stand? Is it that taking that red shirt? You know, what's the biggest challenge, you know, coming in for a freshman in today's era compared to your guys' era? Yeah, I'll start first. I think I think some of the challenges are are still similar, even though there's a big age gap and difference. But um, you know, when you come in as a freshman, most every freshman uh, in a high school situation was probably the best player on their team, uh, and you know, they the accountability they was able probably to do whatever they wanted to do in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, taking different shots, taking time off on defense, or whatever the case may be. It's not always the same for everyone, but I think it's just the fact of finding what your role is going to be on that team excelling in that role, uh, understanding and learning what you need to do to get on the court <laughs> before you start implementing what you want to do with your game. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, college is a coach's game. So you, <laughs> you, you're you going to have to figure out what your coach needs you to do first before you can come in and start thinking about uh, what you're trying to do for yourself. That's what I think. Jay? Now you're right. Yeah. I got two things. One, I think that nowadays, and just to touch back on the NBA, if you were a top 50, 60 kid, you don't have to go to the Syracuse like me and Rocky. Yeah, I can go to yeah. a, a lower level from the jump and do well and get drafted. Yeah. Right? The scouts are doing that now. So you don't have to go as high no more to, for your dream to come true. I think a lot of our kids get caught up in that. Yep. And then, two, I think the main thing with what college coaches want is the defensive end first, mm -hmm. knowing the, who to tag, who to guard, yep. how to do this, <laughs> how to do that. And then um, that's what gets your minutes. So those are the two things for me that freshmen need. Go to the right school where they need you from day one and two, knowing defensive principles and stuff from day one. Yeah, absolutely. We'll throw it to break here, but I think uh, that's absolutely true. Those two-way players, yeah, sure. that's always going to go away. If you can shoot the three ball and you can play defense, yeah. you can you got, typically find a spot. Play. <laughs> yeah, you a shot. <laughs> it's a shot for there. But with that a being shot. said, we'll yep. go ahead and throw it to break. This is Lloyd's and Lincoln. I got Ramel Lloyd Sr., the host of the show across the table. I'm Harrison Arnes pushing the ones and twos. We got special great special guest, head coach of the G League Ignite, Jason Harton here as well. We'll throw it to break and catch you guys on the other side.